Joy to the world, the Lord has come. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one of the most significant events in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He was born for our salvation. He was crucified for our salvation. He was raised up on the third day for our salvation. And now we are celebrating who he is and that he's not only come to the world, but he has come to our lives. Use the opportunity of this season to invite someone to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen to these messages today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God had given Adam and Eve everything they needed. They were in a perfect environment. It was 72 degrees and sunny every day. They had all of their needs met. They had everything they enjoyed and they got along with one another. They had a perfectly harmonious marriage. Everything was going well. And here comes the serpent to Eve and questioned what God had told her. Did God say you can't eat of every tree of the garden? He said, well, God told us not to eat of that tree. Now, you know why God told you that, don't you? He don't want you to be like him. He know if you eat that, you're going to be able to see and make your own decisions. Your eyes will become open. You'll be able to figure out things on yourself. You don't have to listen to what he tells you. You can make up your own mind. And the Bible says, she said, yeah. And she ate of the fruit. And the, and the Bible said, then her eyes were open. And when her eyes got open, she said, yeah, I see what I want to do now. She started walking by sight. The Bible says that believers walk by faith and not by now here we have a person who says, you know what? It's my life. I live it like I want to live it. I don't care what God say. Adam ate of the fruit and they look around and they say, we ain't got no clothes on. Now they've been walking around for a thousand years. Maybe I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us how much, how long. They first, now, we, we naked. And they come back and they're hiding and God said, where, where are you at? They were hiding. We were naked and we're hiding. You know what God said? Who told you you were naked? Where did you get that from? I didn't tell you you were naked. We know better now because we can see ourselves. Okay, well, the devil been here then. I can tell the devil been here. Okay, that's the way it's going to be. It's on. That's what God said. It is on. I have created a people and I have set them up and you came in to get them off. I already told Adam, the day you sin, you're going to die, man. And now uh, somebody done talked you into it. And then look at Adam. Adam said, hey, it was that woman you gave me. Then that's what he said. They had perfect harmony, but he said, man, it's that woman. You gave me that woman. And the woman said, uh, it, now it was that snake. And then the poor snake didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> then everybody started pointing blame, but then look at what God says. God immediately began to institute another plan in Genesis 3.15. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Between your offspring and hers, talking to the serpent that represents the devil there, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush, he being Jesus is coming, he's going to crush your head and you will strike his heel. You're going to try to get him, but he's going to crush your head. I'm going to send 
my son, and he's going to whoop your head. God announced that he was going to send a baby with a mission. Isaiah got into this mission when he foretold it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He put it this way, for unto us a child is born. See, God knew it, and God was going to send him. God made that announcement. Now, I want you to look at how things would happen. God made that announcement, and Satan knew that announcement was coming. He knew he was coming. God said, he's coming. I just don't know when. I just don't know how, but I'm on the lookout. I believe Satan thought it was Moses because he tried to kill Moses as a baby. Remember when Jesus was born, he came out again, tried to kill all the babies again. Well, is that him? Is that it? But he says, for unto us, Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the governments will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isaiah said he's coming as he looked down the, the, the telescope of time. He says, he's coming. A child is coming. And he's the one. And hundreds of years later, there was a virgin that, that loved God who got the surprise of her life. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we're told in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And verse 31 said, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And look at verse 32. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. And Mary said, How will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son is coming, but he's got a mission and it wasn't impossible. Jesus' first message when he came up and he began to publicly announce his ministry in the book of Luke chapter 4, it tells us he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the temple, as was his custom in Luke chapter 4, 16. And he stood up to read. He went into the church. He got the scriptures and he read. Verse 17, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found where it was written. He began to announce this about himself. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressive. To let the captives go free. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm anointed and here's my mission. I am going to preach good news. I'm going to set the captives free. I'm going to open the eyes of the blind. And I'm going to deliver the poor. That's what I came for. I didn't come so you can just go shopping. I didn't come just so you can get a present. You ain't bringing the present to Jesus. You're giving it to somebody else. I wonder what Jesus would think if he came down here to see how we celebrated his coming. He probably would ask us, now what's the tree for? 
Somebody wanted to put a tree out there in the lobby. I said, no tree. Put a cross. That's the only tree he knows. Y'all don't have to go home and take your tree down. (laughs) In the church. What's the tree for? Nobody know what the tree's for. Okay, we always had a tree. But Jesus said, I I didn't come for none of that. Whatever y'all doing, that's not why I came. I came to destroy the works of the evil one who perpetrated his strategy and plans upon the people that God had created, that God loved, and I came down here to undo what he's done and to straighten it out and give the people some tools, some equipment, some power so that they can overcome, so that they can fulfill God's will and purpose. Jesus was in fact saying when he read this passage in Luke, let's get busy. He was saying somebody needs salvations and deliverance and that's why I came. Somebody needs to be set free of demon possessions. That's why I came. Somebody need to be healed. That's why I came. Somebody need the power of the Holy Ghost working in their life. That's why I came. Let's get busy. I don't have a long time here. Only got a few years. He knew exactly. That's why when you read the life of Jesus, people kept trying to get him to do stuff. He said, I didn't come here for that. Why don't you be the king? Why don't you take over? You got all this power. You can do all kinds of things. No, 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 no. My kingdom is not of this world. I didn't come here for that. That's why he would tell people, hey, don't go tell nobody what I just did. The time is not quite right yet. I don't want people to get so excited about me healing somebody. They get me off track. He says, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. That's what I came to do. Paul put it this way in the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with his regulations that was against us and that stood to oppose us. And he took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He said he took the demonic forces, he took Satan's characters, and he showed out, he marched them out in public. He gave them a public whooping on the cross. He says, I came to destroy the works of the devil. The devil's works are all those sinful and evil attitudes and actions of which he is the source. Actions and attitudes. Everything the devil has done or will do was destroyed on the cross. Everything that he was able to do in the lives of people, the Lord destroyed it on the cross. He broke the power of the enemy. And the basis of Christ's finished work is that the devil will ultimately be destroyed at the final judgment. So the task of Jesus was to undo what the devil has done, to break up whatever he tries to do. And he does that first and foremost by the removal of sin from the individual's life. He gives you the right to the tree of life. Individuals can come and have salvation for God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever would believe on him should not perish. You don't have to go to hell. You can have everlasting life because of what Christ did. He came on a mission. He came to loose the sinners from the chains of sin and the bondage of sin. There was liberation on the cross. There's deliverance on the cross. There's healing on the cross. There's soundness of mind on the cross. There was prosperity on the cross. 
Jesus said, I'm, I came on a mission. That's why he couldn't turn it down while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane when his body was, and his flesh was saying, man, I, I, I don't know, this, this is going to be tough tomorrow. But he says, no, 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 I came on this mission. You know what Jesus did when he came to earth? He invaded Satan's space. The Bible says Satan is the God of this world. And Jesus invaded his space. All you have to do is read about him. You'll see when he was walking and the demon-possessed people would come up to him and they said, Hey, did you come here to destroy us before the time? Well, what you doing here now? They knew who he was. They knew what power he had. They knew when he was coming. They said, Man, what you doing here? I thought it was going to be a little bit later that you came. What you doing here now? You done snuck up on us. And a thousand of them saying, you're going to cast us out. Send us into the pigs. Help us. We like pork. Thought I'd throw that in there. Listen, when Jesus died, he broke Satan's power and captured his goods. Every time a sinner come to Christ, the Lord has captured one of Satan's goods and brought him into the kingdom. You know what the Bible says? You remember the scripture that says there's more rejoicing in heaven when one sinner gives his life to the Lord. There's rejoicing. The angels in heaven are saying, we got another one. We got another one. We got another one. Why? Because the Lord came to break the power of sin in the lives of people so they can be redeemed. A person who knows Christ has been delivered from the bondage of sin through Christ's death on the cross. And the divine power and the purpose of the manifestation of the Son of God was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, this is what Christ's doing. He knew he was going to the cross, and he knew he was going to be going back to heaven. And he says, you know what? When I'm gone, we're going to still destroy the works of the devil. Look at what he did in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every sickness and disease. He gave us authority. He said, you know what? I start whooping him and y'all keep whooping him when I'm gone. That's what he wants every believer to have is the authority to do the work of the ministry. He gave you the authority. Keep on destroying the works of the evil one. Look at what he said to his disciples in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. He's going to do. So here's the plan. Jesus comes and he saves and he draws men to himself. And then he turns us back out. He said, keep on destroying the work of the devil. How do we destroy the work of the devil? Every time we share Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ with some sinner and they come to the Lord, we got one more out of the grasp of Satan and we're destroying his work in their lives and we're unloading hell and loading up heaven. That's why he said the harvest is ripe. I need a labor force. There's no spiritually unemployed believers. There's a lot of work for you. And he said, and whatever you ask in my name, verse 13, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father, you may ask anything in my name and I will do it. You know, people grab that scripture and just say, you know, the Bible says I can ask anything in his name and he will do it. Now look at who he's talking to. He says, if you go out there and start doing the things that I was doing, you start laying hands on the sick. You start casting out demonic forces. You start doing what I'm doing. Then I, whatever you ask in my name to do while you're trying to do what I was doing. That's not for your Mercedes. 
That's not for that five-bedroom house or that little boat you're trying to get. Lord, you said if I just ask in your name, I just lay hands on it and I claim it right now in the name of, oh, I call it in right now. I call it in. Three years later, where is it at? It's still in the spirit realm. It's going to, I just got to get it over into the natural. God is not interested in your boat. If you are doing what he called you to do, say, Lord, I am here. You have anointed me to help destroy the work of the evil one in my home, in my family. Wherever the devil is working, I'm going to tell him he can't work here. I'm going to tell him, no, I'm going to cast it out of here. I'm going to say, no, you can't work in this house. Well, there's confusion and bickering on my job. I'm going to bring the Prince of Peace in there with me, and we're going to be peace in this place because I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek you, and you're going to give me your power and authority to take authority over the demon's work. Well, he came to destroy the work of the devil, and when he left, he left us here to continue. That's what his mission was. He had a baton, and he passed the baton on to us. That's what he said, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them what I taught you, and bringing them into discipleship. And then I'll be with you even to the end of the world. You got the baton now, so you go out and destroy the work of the evil one. Pastor, I'm scared of the devil. The devil ought to be scared of you. You ought to be scared of you because, listen, you got any of the power of the Lord in you, he ain't going to mess with you. He don't want that power to just rise up. He's just going to leave you alone. He got a whole lot of folk he can mess with that uh, ain't got no power. He ain't got no threat. But if you got the power of God in you, he don't want to mess with you. How do we destroy the work of the evil one? How do we carry on that mission that Jesus came? We do so by being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He's looking for you to be that salt and that light right where you are on your job. Every believer being the salt and the light. That means that we're looking for an opportunity to influence somebody, to refresh somebody, to share goodness with somebody. I'm not talking about a big old spotlight to try to blind folks. I'm talking about a light that can help them to see. We can also fulfill that mission by praying with those who are lost and who are under the bondage of Satan. Still just saying, ooh, that person now, I don't know what's wrong with them. Pray. Say, listen, God is able. He can make a way. We can do it by sharing the good news of the deliverance of Jesus Christ and offering them an opportunity to come to Christ. Offering them an opportunity to come to Christ. Here, I'm here. I'm working with you. I'm not saying you need to go out and get, get your Bible and stand on the street corner and start preaching as a street preacher. But there are people around you every day. And if you would just have a sensitivity that God wants to work through you to help destroy the work of the evil one, then you will begin to see opportunities to minister to them. We finish the work by being the laborer that Christ said is needed in the harvest field. He said the harvest is ripe. Boy, but I can't find no workers. We're going to pray to the Lord of the harvest that we need to send forth workers. Look at what he said. He said, all we need is laborers. Laborers that are people of God. You know, he didn't say, uh, we need laborers that are trained and anointed and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, it was already understood that if you're with him, you got that. If you're blowing again, that's already in you. You just got to exercise it. Amen. You just got to go out and do the work. You can, he said, you can gather the harvest. Just go on out there in the field. I will be with you and I will help you. God need the harvest gathered, not you. Amen. Jesus came on a mission. What was that mission? To destroy the work of the evil one. Are you willing to help him with that mission? Are you willing to join him with that mission? He came to get you on his team. How many belong on the team with the Lord? Amen. If you're on the Lord's side, 
then the Lord needs your help. There are people in our community, there are people in our schools, there are people in the office where we work, there are people in the bank that we go to, there are people at Walmart and parking lot that you run into, and we walk right by them, and we miss the opportunity that God wants us to have to snatch somebody else out of the strategy and the plans of Satan. God wants us. The only one he's got is us. We're the only resource he's got in the earth right now are the people who said, I belong to the Lord. And if not us, who? If not now, when? Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to destroy the works of the evil one. He sacrificed himself and shed his blood on the cross. He took captivities captive. He took the keys of death, hell from the enemy, and he's brought us life eternal. He redeemed us with his precious blood so that we can have the right to the tree of life. Father, for that we are thankful and we are grateful. I pray right now, Lord, that you would help us in this church to know that we are part of that mission. He has anointed us and it's equipped us to be able to be fruitful, to be able to be productive in the kingdom of God. Father, I pray right now that every believer will begin to understand that we were called for a purpose. Father, just as you came for a purpose, you called us for the same purpose, to help destroy the works of the evil one. Thank you for rescuing us and putting us in the race. We thank you, Lord. I want to say to those who are here today who have never made a decision for Jesus Christ, you've never asked the Lord to come into your life and to be your Lord, this is your time. You're not here by accident. You're not, you're here on purpose. The Lord wanted you to hear this message today so that you can say, you know, I I need Jesus Christ into my life. I got things that are going on that I can't control. There are habits, there are ways, there are things that I know need to be changed and need to, I need change in my life. And you've, you've been trying to do the best you can, but it is only the power of God that can break the power of Satan. I want you to lift your hand right where you are. If you say, Pastor, I, I, I want you to pray with me. I believe you're talking to me. I need change. Everybody who is saved had to come to the same point of saying, you know what? I need change. So you're not, you're not embarrassed by being in here with people who've done the same thing. You want to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to know for sure that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I want him to be my Lord. Don't leave this place today not being sure that Jesus is your Lord. If you died right now, the devil doesn't get any credit for bringing you his way. God will get credit for bringing you his way, and that's heaven. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this message for the season. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to bring peace, to bring salvation, and bring his joy into our lives, into our heart. We sing joy to the world. This year has been a tumultuous year. Many of us do not have the joy of the Lord in us today. We may not have the peace of God in our hearts right now because of all the things that have been going on around us. But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still seeking to save those who are lost. He's still bringing his joy and he's still bringing his peace to every one of us who will turn our hearts toward him 
and invite him into our lives and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. He was born so that we can be born again and have a new life in Christ Jesus. I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World. We are meeting in person on Sundays. We do have our medical protocols in place for screening. We have social distancing and we wear our mask. For more information or if you have a prayer request, call us at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. I also invite you to join us online each Sunday at 10 a.m. at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And then don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. Call us if you need church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, Bibles or books, or study material. 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.